Hello there. Welcome. It is Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in. You got Mike. You got Easy. Yo. Unfortunately, you do not have Massey. He is not here today. But that's okay because we're still going to push forward. We're still going to give you exactly what you need the spiritual disciplines. I feel like it's a coin toss whether or not Massey's going to be here on our Ooh, recording day. Oh, is he watching? We just, is he going to hear that? Well, I feel dun, like he dun, just dun, dun, dun. takes like a quarter, flips it, picks heads or tails, and then... Yeah. You, you know. know. Oh, tails. Not working today. <laughs> uh, nope. All right. So I hope y'all are doing well. Be sure to chime in. I've got the comments up and running. Easy. We'll be watching the comments as well. I sure will. Make sure you are uh, commenting. Let us know where you're from, what you're thinking, who you are, and uh, be sure to subscribe. Press the buttons. Uh, I'm going to move over so I'm more in the... There we go. Good morning, Destiny. How are you? It's so good to see you. Uh, be sure to also go out, check the website, theselfevidenttruth.com. Check out the blog, theselfevidenttruth.com slash blog. We've got some awesome articles. We've got one going up today. Right, Easy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We do. That one actually... So I will tell you, I took the whole fasting podcast and I put it into long form article form because we didn't cover everything that we wanted to cover. And I think if you want to go back and do some research, you want to go back and learn some things that maybe you lost out on during the whole audio part of it, you can read it. That being said, check out the other articles. There's some really good stuff on there. If I do say so myself. And you do. I, I, I do say so myself, don't I? <laughs> don't I? Easy. Do you actually read them? I I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I want an honest answer. Do not, you actually read them, or do you not all just of them? them but up? there are quite a few that have caught my eye, and there's a lot of wisdom in there. Well, thank there, you. I think one of one of my favorite ones were the the Rorschach. Uh, oh yeah, I forget Rorschach who, test. Was, yeah, that one was really really good. That one was a uh, it was Elon Musk, wasn't that? I think so. Was that what I was connecting with? Good morning, Barbara. Ah, so good to see you. Um, the, the, yeah, one of my favorites that I wrote was actually the Sam Harris one. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think Sam Harris is such an indis in interesting character. And, and I don't mean character of like, he's less than a person, but I, he's just a very interesting person and people tend to get out of him what they want to. Of course we do that with a lot of things, but of I think it, it's interesting to watch the reasonable sound, logical, extremely smart atheist walk himself through the life journey. Um, and there's a lot of, it's, it's interesting to look back because you'll actually see, I see where he went wrong there. Mm -hmm. I, I see where that thought process is going to take him. Right. And, and so you're watching this in real time and as a, as a personality study, it's interesting for me. I might be the only nerd in the world that's enjoying that, but that's okay. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Man, I'm ready to get into this if you guys are. Easy, you got anything before I start? Nothing. Okay. It's just you and me, man. We're doing this. We got this. It's game on. We've got this. I need your guys' help. Please help me. Barbara, Destiny, I know Josh is going to be pounding around there somewhere. I need you guys. Need people. <laughs> We've only had like two cups of coffee today. No, only two. Actually, all right. that guy at Denny's. Oh, he, he is he, on top of it. He was refilling our cups when we got like not even halfway. So we must have had like at least two cups there. Yes. And and he was – Andrew, thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're here, brother. Um, our our server at Denny's, right, he and I – Easy and I had had breakfast this morning, uh, having a meeting. It was very romantic. It was. It was candlelight, and all that. Uh, but our our <laughs> server, he was on top of it. But he was one of those that like, you don't ask whether or not your coffee cup's being filled. It's there's an inch left, so let's pour it till your cup runneth over mm -hmm. every five minutes. <laughs> and finally, I was like, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And he still asked me like three or four times, "You want more? No, I'm good. Thank I, you." I like those flybys. He would be like speed walking past our table and he'd be like are you sure holding up the <laughs> right. coffee pot like holding <laughs> swaying it in his hand i need to rest i'm starting to see sounds and hear colors <laughs> i almost got that wrong <laughs> destiny says you got this thank you destiny i need that all right prayer 
Why are we going to talk about prayer? Now, last podcast, we talked about fasting. And fasting is such a good discipline to approach. It's something where when you start doing it regularly and you understand the process, it pays off massive dividends. Yeah. Prayer is the same way. And I'm going to go through a couple of verses because I think those are really important for us to understand the full context of what is prayer actually supposed to be, because we take it for granted. A lot of times we grow up, I say the Lord's Prayer, I pray over my meal, hey, Lord, thanks for this food, thanks for blessing me, gotcha. You know, sometimes it's a prayer, Lord, please help me get through my day, I just don't know how I'm going to do it, right? Yeah, it becomes routine. It becomes routine. routine. And the, we have to create a difference between discipline and routine, discipline and obligation, discipline and works. Discipline is a whole different category. And I love the Jocko Wilnick phrase, discipline equals freedom. Because when you understand the heart of discipline, now you're walking in freedom. Yeah. And it, it's so upside down. It's so backwards because we think, oh, the more disciplined I am, the more, more oppressed I am by the things that I'm disciplined in. Good morning, Josh. Welcome in. Josh is in. Game on. There we go. Oh, it, you can start now, Mike. It, yes, good. So it, it was funny. Uh, Destiny said there comes a point where there's too much coffee. <laughs> and Andrew says, or not enough. There's never enough. Cheers coffee. to that. So I'm going to take a man. sip. Easy. Give them 15 seconds of easy. Oh, we're both sipping. So there, now you guys had a sip of coffee with us. If you have to go back, rewind, have a sip with us, bring it forward. Uh, so back to prayer. Destiny says, so true. Whenever my prayer life quiet time starts to feel routine, I try to do things to change it up. Good. Intimacy. Intimacy is what we need with the Lord. Dude, so huh. I've, I'm sure you probably heard this before, but when I, when I first reignited my walk with Christ, and learning about intimacy, mm -hmm. somebody broke it down really easily for me to understand what intimacy really meant. And all intimacy means with the Lord is into me, you see God. Ooh, right? I like that. And to your point, sometimes we'll think I'm being intimate with the Lord when really what it is, is we're just talking at him. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between me, I, and I'm going to use the wife analogy a lot because I think it, it puts things in perfect perspective for us. In my relationship with my wife, there's a difference between me talking at her, and I did this, and I did that, and this, I, and I was thinking about that, and I went through this. I could, I could be talking right through her. There's a difference between that and being intimate and saying, you know, babe, I, I was really struggling with this today. Um, and I was thinking about this and I was thinking about what do you think, you know, what's your thoughts, you know, that, that back and forth, that conversation, that depth of relationship. And I love that you said that easy. And I want you, I know you're, you're writing something down, but after you're done with that, I want you to post that in the chat so people can hashtag it. So you can Facebook it, facey space it, um, <laughs> Andrew says, Actually. close intimacy is what he truly desires. And that gets back to our discipline conversation because our discipline conversation, discipline versus legalism, go check out the short on YouTube. It's kind of interesting because people don't make that differentiation. Discipline should lead you to intimacy. Obedience should lead you towards intimacy. And intimate, Andrew says intimacy involves feelings, not just words. Exactly. The building up of feelings. Now, how does all of this relate to prayer? And I'm, I'm going to go on a string a little bit on this, and I want you guys to stick with me here. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, like I said, most of the time when we pray, Lord, thanks for this food. Thanks for my family. Hey, I, I pray you would be with them. Amen. We, we all have done that. I know I'm still working through not doing that when I pray before my meals, when I pray in the morning, when I pray with my kids. Uh, for, to be vulnerable, it's hard for me to pray with family members. 
I, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's the blockage here? Because if I'm praying with somebody at church, a, a fellow member or somebody that I'm over, the prayer just flows out. Right. Uh, but with my kids and my wife, it's harder for me. And I'm just being real. Like there's, there's something, there's a catch there that I need to get through because I need to bring them closer to the Lord. I need to lead them closer to the Lord. And part of that is through prayer. And that means me being intimate with the Lord and then me inviting them into that intimacy. And it's, it's, it's a, it can be a difficult thing. So back to first Thessalonians rejoice always. It doesn't say sometimes. He doesn't say if things are good. He says always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. That means that constant conversation with God. The question for you is, are you having a constant conversation with God? All of us can do that. It doesn't have to be out loud, projected in the street corners. It can be that inner monologue with Lord, you know, thinking about this. Lord, what do you feel about that? Yeah. And it becomes conversation back and forth. So Josh says prayer itself is your conversation with God. When it's intimate, then you get answers. And I love that. I actually pulled up um, a scripture. Go for it. That's what I was thinking of before. Um, it's Psalm 51. I need to close out the window so I can actually see it. There we go. Uh, it's Psalm 51, 16 through 17. Um, For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. That And that heart position, broken and contrite, sometimes. So I have to be really sad and sorrowful. Humble. Yeah. Think of it as humble. Because the humble man will go, Lord, I... Christ does this comparison. The Pharisee... Lord, I thank you. I'm not like that tax collector over there. I'm thank you, thankful you made me so righteous. Mm-hmm. While the tax collector is saying, he's not even looking up. Christ, Christ notes his eye position, head position. He's looking down, right? Forgive me, Lord. The humble heart, the, the I'm not worthy to be in your presence, but I'm so grateful that you allow me to be in your presence. Yeah. The humble and contrite Dude, heart. I think about that so much. Like, when I get to heaven, what will I say to God? Like, what will I say to him? Will I say, like, Lord, you redeemed me, so, like, I I can now be with you? Or will I say, God, I don't deserve to be in here at all. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve to even be in your presence. I don't deserve any of that. I deserve to spend all of eternity suffering for everything I've done against you, and yet, you still love me regardless of that. And that, that positioning, that heart positioning, when it fully connects, you can also step through into thankfulness. Right. You don't, we don't have to sit in the wallowing. We move forward into the thankfulness and not, not that you were saying we sit in the wallowing or just, you know, sometimes right. we no. think, Oh, I've got to be just prostrated before the Lord saying how awful I am all the time. No, it's, it's a recognition of your true position, but then it's a step into thankfulness because of what God has done and is doing for you and in you. Right. And before we move on, what I really love most about that is that a broken and contrite heart, it shows the inmost of what's inside. I right. think of it almost like this is really childish, but I think of it like a, like a Tootsie Pop. You know, you have the hard exterior. It's sweet and whatever. But you have the inside where you can only get to if the outside breaks. Right. Or if you spend long enough eating the lollipop that you eventually erode the outside and get to the softer innermost part of the pop. It's the same thing with our hearts. We can stay hard toward other people, harden our hearts toward other people all the time if we want to. Or we can be humbled by the Lord and we can come to him with broken hearts. And the beautiful thing about that is the fact that even when we are truly broken, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Yes. He's always close to us. And that, that brokenheartedness is something that he wants to mend. Right. You know? And the softer we are, the more intimate we get with him. It's, it's a cycle, a, a right. continuous cycle that 
the more we do it, the easier it is for us to become intimate with the Lord and to stand up and not worry about losing things. Because if we can lose, if we lose something, what can the Lord not return? Right. And faith and trust comes in the position of he's not going to leave you lacking because we think if I, if he takes this from me, there's an empty space, nothing will ever return. Right. Right. But that's not who he is. He's the one who created you. He's the one who provided you what you have and trust and faith goes to he's a good father and if he's taking something bad away from me it doesn't mean that he's just going to take it out and i'm going to collapse it means he's going to put something even better because what's going on is that bad thing that thing that he wants to remove is actually holding the place of where something better should be oh and you are holding him back from being able to do that if you hold on to those bad things oh witness talking to somebody here Ooh. Let me go on that lane for a second. Keep going. There are things in us that we hold on to that we don't even realize we're holding on to. Mm. Let me, let me, I'll be vulnerable with you. Pride and fear. So Wednesday night, Pastor Todd says he feels called to have people come and put something on the altar before the Lord so that the Lord can take it, you know, before the cross, I should say. And what struck up in me was, there are these things in me of pride and fear that keep me from being faithful to the will of God. Because when it boils down to it, if God's asked me to do something and I, I'm fearful of doing it, it's a fear of, well, I don't, I don't know. Can I trust you, Lord? Like, what, how's this going to go? And a pride of, well, if I just don't hear it, then I don't have to do it. I'll be okay on my own. And sometimes we've got to take that thing and put it before him. And that was what I put before him, right? And being honest, pride and fear. I set it down before the Lord. It's like, I'm not going to pick that back up. And I've had to remind myself a couple of times of I'm not picking that back up. Now, the beautiful thing is, as I leave that in his hands, he transforms me and takes that place of where that pride and fear were, and he replaces it with humility and courage. Yeah the better. And so sometimes we've got to get outside of ourselves and realize that we can take what is in us that we know isn't right, that we know needs to be replaced, put it before him and trust, Lord, you're not going to diminish me. You're not going to leave me stranded. You're not going to leave me lower. You're going to put more in me of you. Mm -hmm. And what more do we want than him? He's the ultimate. <laughs> right. If he's our creator, if he's everything, if he's the penultimate of everything, then why wouldn't we want more of him in us? Yeah. Because sometimes we're afraid we're going to lose something of ourselves, right? And I um Destiny go uh, for it. Destiny says in my experience, it was during my most broken times of my life that I experienced worship on the deeper level. I think there's a sacrifice um I think there's a sacrifice there when we worship God, even when we're in the valley. Absolutely. I, I love the verse that says that he is the God of not only the mountain, but also the valley. I right. Forget, I forget where that is, but I remember hearing that. And it's, it's so true. The fact that God doesn't leave you regardless of where you're at. He is, in fact, probably closer to you when you feel like he's further away. And, and you learn and you grasp faithfulness and reliance. Yeah. That that moment of like, is he anywhere near me? Faithfulness and reliance of you may not feel him, but that's OK. It doesn't mean he's not working. Right. Yeah. And people will chase after spiritual experience. They'll chase after spiritual encounter and then they get it stuck in their head that if they're not having enough spiritual encounter, not enough spiritual experience, something must be wrong with their relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I argue if you're chasing after that all the time, there is actually something wrong with your relationship with the Lord. Because he's a God in the quiet as well. Yeah. Are he's, you, he's a God in the organization. He's a God in the subtlety. Are you chasing God or are you chasing the high? To that point, signs, miracles, and wonders, follow the believer. Mm. Be a believer. Those things will follow. The believers don't follow the signs. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. And, and this actually gets into, I want to get into, and thank you so much for the comments, guys. Continue putting your thoughts on this. I love it. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I want to I wanna turn this one around for you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Now, most of the time, and Elijah, if you want to actually type that in and put that in there so people can kind of, because we got to break it out into parts. But those parts will come together in a whole different way. Most of the time when we read this, we read, okay, I can't be anxious for anything. Okay, now that I'm not anxious for anything, I'm going to pray for everything. Uh, in everything, I'm going to pray and supplicate and give thanksgiving. And then once I do that, God will put peace on me. And then, then I just have to guard my heart and mind at all that. And, and we get this image of, okay, I can't be anxious. Then I'll pray for everything. And then God will inject massive peace into me. And then that situation is handled. And the problem is what we're not recognizing is it is not a formula. It's a prescription. It's a discipline. It's a life-altering practice. And here's what I mean by that. Have you ever tried to get yourself to not be anxious? To not worry? How well do you do at that? Mike, don't think about purple elephants. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. Now you're thinking about them. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. I, I fight this battle in myself. Okay, I don't need to I can't worry. I can't worry. I can't worry. I can't worry. It's not, you're not going to win that battle because that's behavior modification. Now, let's look at this a different light. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Your practice and discipline is everything that comes across your plate, supplication, thanksgiving, give that request to God. You know what's going to happen through that process? As that becomes your response to a situation, more and more peace will be upon you. <laughs> I, just, I, I think of Islam for some reason when I say that. But as you walk through that discipline, more and more the peace of the Lord will rest upon you. Why? Because you're disciplined and trained in that aspect that everything goes directly to God immediately so that you will end up not being anxious on anything. Do you see the difference? The prayer and the supplication and the requesting is the process, is the discipline, and the outcomes of that is you're not anxious and the peace surpassing all comprehension will be upon you. And so then you guard your heart and your mind actively through what process? Prayer. If we can get this right and understand, look, you don't have to mentally force yourself into no anxiety and no worry, and I'm just going to have peace right now. That's truly an unpeaceful position. But if you twist that around, you go, you know what, Lord, when something comes up, when I'm anxious, when, I'm, when I don't feel I have peace, I'll pray in that. When I have peace, I'll pray in that. When I'm high, I'll pray in that. When I'm low... you will naturally, spiritually naturally, mm -hmm. carry peace. Yeah. And I think one, I, I'm very happy you, you said naturally, spiritually carry on peace. Right. Because <laughs> what we don't think about is the fact that our flesh does not want to do anything spiritual. Right. Our flesh is actively, wor actively working against it subconsciously mm -hmm. whether it means to or not so when you fast or when you spend countless hours praying your body is like what are you doing you're sitting still like i'm losing feeling in my legs i need to get up and i need to be active but that's when you come in and you say no i need to humble myself i need to have this intimate time with the lord because my spirit needs it exactly. and we are not called to be physical prosper physically prospering beings we are called to be spiritual prospering beings right and not that the physical doesn't follow in some sense or form a lot right. of times i i like to think that it's it's a simultaneous growth of both right and i i and continue commenting guys let us know your thoughts um i i've got something else for you so there's a story that i want to read because i think sometimes we think if i get into prayer for more than five minutes something better happen but then we put it on the other end of it and we go oh well you know, uh, if, if God doesn't show up by 30 minutes, something went wrong. 
So there's a guy named Walter Butler. Ooh. I, and you know where I'm going. I love this story because it puts everything in perspective. Now, I'm just going to read this. He was a man commissioned by God to teach around the world about the importance of being in the presence of God. He tells a story regarding one of the many times the Lord required him to get alone with God. Walter spent hours fasting and praying, seeking the manifest presence of the Lord. And after a while... Walter realized he had spent over 48 hours alone in prayer and fasting. And I use that word alone specifically, both physical and spiritual. The problem was he had no results to speak of. No manifest presence of God. No, ah, there he is. Nothing. Walter knew the Lord had something to say to him, but he couldn't figure out why the Lord was continuing to be silent. Walter finally, perhaps in a bit of resignation, said in his heart that, well, God just takes a long time to speak. As soon as he whispered this in his heart, the Lord spoke out to Walter in bold words that, bold words that to hurry God is to find fault with him. Mm. The fault Walter found in God, he felt God wasn't moving at the right speed. When Walter repented of this, the presence of the Lord entered the room in a mighty way and gave great revelation to Walter for the next four hours. That's crazy to think about. Why we need this story is there will be times where the manifest presence of God doesn't hit you like you think it should. And sometimes we're either not spending enough time waiting on him or we're spending too much time with the wrong expectation. Hmm. God is there when he's not there. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I know you guys understand my heart in that. Just because the manifest presence doesn't show up that time doesn't mean that there's not benefit to that time of prayer. But we also have to understand that our impatience can can really do destruction in our life because we're not resting in his timing. Mm -hmm. And if he's called you to sit with him, sit with him. And if it takes a couple hours, maybe it takes a couple hours. Walter is a man who is dedicated to getting alone with God when he was called to get alone with God. He might be at dinner with friends he hasn't seen in years. Lord would hit him, stand up, excuse me. He'd go into the bedroom by himself for a couple hours. He would do what he needed to do. Right. And that life position of obedience of when my God calls, man, I come running. Imagine the payoff, the relational payoff in all of that. Yeah, that's that alone is worth it. And I, I want us to start thinking about in spiritual discipline. Are we disciplining ourselves to be able to be obedient to the Lord and go when he calls? Now, maybe you're not completely to that position yet, but there's another practice that I think is really important. Massey and I have been talking about this a lot. This is something that, that I am really trying to do, and I hope you guys can hear me on this. There's a lot of, of major preachers or, or major spiritual leaders, I should say, who talk about the more I've got going on during the day, the more I should be in prayer. And it's this whole upside-down economy of God. When we've got more and more stressing us out, more and more on top of us, we tend to think, okay, I got a prayer time, study time. I'll, I'll put that to the side because I've got to go do this. And I hope this convicts you in the way that it convicts me. Who am I to look at the God of all creation and say, ah, well, I don't have enough time, Lord, so I'll put you to the side because I've got to do this. And how quickly we can convince ourselves that that's righteous because, oh, well, it's something for God. I'll give you a little nugget. I think that's what went wrong in the garden. Garden of Eden. I'm doing a study right now trying to figure out the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And one of the things that I'm coming down to is, do you notice they wanted to be like God? They wanted the wisdom of God. Where did they go? Instead of going directly to God, they went to the tree. Yeah. Be very careful that you're not going to the things that talk about God. You go to God himself. Now, the things that talk about God are good. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is good. It was righteous. 
because it was in the garden. There was a reason why. It was there was there. a reason it was there, and I don't believe it was just purely. Oh, God's going to give us a test, so He's going to put this thing in front of us and pass or fail. Now it was a decision to be made, but I do believe that tree was good. But the problem is they looked to the tree to gain the wisdom and the knowledge of good and evil as opposed to going directly to God. Now, how does that relate to this prayer thing? Our works, if we look to our works to justify us before the Lord, we're looking in the wrong direction. We have to look directly to the Lord to justify us. And guess what? The works will follow. Perhaps it's one of those things where once they were really in union with God, everything was going good, God would say, yeah, you see that tree over there? Let me tell you more about it. What that tree offers, let me give it to you first case, right? Yeah. And our prayer time needs to be disciplined with the Lord. And one of the things that happens is things get in our way. And instead of going... Uh, Lord, help me today. Uh, please guide me. Okay, I got to get in the car and go. Now, every day, I try to set aside time first thing in the morning, early in the morning when I'm studying, to just sit with the Lord. Well, yeah. let me back up. I walk. During my walk, I worship the Lord. Okay, and I'm just giving you guys a glimpse of my spiritual practice. This isn't like, oh, look how holy I am. But these are the practices I'm putting into place. When I walk, Early in the morning, first thing I get up, get a drink of water, I go for a walk, I worship the Lord. Dude, I drink a water immediately oh, after waking up. It, it hits. So important. It hits. Oh, I keep a gallon of water <laughs> in my bed for that reason. So I, I go for a walk and I worship. I try not to pray too much into the requests and the things that are going on in my head because now, Lord, worship first. I, I just want to worship you. Yeah. I get done with that walk and then I'll study. Pray a little bit before I study. I'll do my study. I'll read scripture. Then I'll spend some time in prayer focusing on lord this is what i'm feeling coming for the day what what are you what do you want me thinking about what are you guiding me on what's your will for my day i get to the office and i'll spend another 20 30 minutes in prayer preparing for my day now maybe your situation isn't exactly where you can do that i don't you, but separating yourself out to prepare for your day through prayer will pay massive dividends yeah even though in your spiritual walk, in your physical walk, all of it. Even on the car ride uh, to work, like on the car ride to drop your kids off or on the way to the gas station to fill up before work or wherever, any time that you have where you're just sitting idly or waiting or driving, obviously don't close your eyes while you're driving. <laughs> please don't do that. We already have enough blind people on the road. Right. But any time that you give the Lord, he will take. And that's something I've really noticed. Um, before I capitalize on, on that, Destiny says, amen. I'll notice that in my prayer time, when I don't feel his presence, he'll give me little things that I know that he heard my, in my prayers, like a scripture used um, in a message that I read earlier that day. Yeah. And welcome, Carrie Booth. Hi. Carrie, good to see you. Blew out everybody's ears. Right. Sorry. But... Uh and, and Andrew says he wants our all for he gives us his all. Exactly. It's, it's a total selfless nature of God. Dude, one thing I've noticed in my prayer life is any amount of time I carve out for the Lord, he will take every single second of that time, every millisecond of that time, and even a little more because he's not asking you to carve out massive amounts of time. He wants you to carve out any amount of time specifically for him. He wants you to go out of your way to spend time with him. And that, that intimacy, that dedication, that commitment is rewarded tenfold. Yeah. And that's why I call it the upside down economy of God. And I'm gonna, I, when, I, when I get onto a pathway, I tend to bludgeon people with it. So you guys are just in my wake on this whole thing. Upside down economy of God. He'll replace it tenfold. And we don't think he'll do it with time. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about finances, but we won't do it with time. We My, think, oh, well, there's only 24 hours in a day, so i got to be sure. Is he not the God that stopped the sun? Is he not the God that makes Ooh. the earth rotate? Ooh. The God who makes the earth go? Is he not the God standing outside of time? 
the laws of time are subject to God, not the other way around. Yeah. Dude, I was I was telling you like a month ago, like my finances are super tight. And what's happening right now? I told you last week, yeah. I'm working every single day. And I was not working every single day a month ago. And I'm, it's the Lord is giving me opportunity to allow me to prosper that way. Right. And, and whether it's, it's something we recognize of, oh, I see he did it this way and this way and this way, or it's truly miraculous. It doesn't matter. If you have tight time frames and you have a lot to do, all the more you should be in, in with the Lord. Yeah. And the Lord is the one who's going to bless that whole process. He's going to put things together. He's going to move and shift things. And you just do what you do and you're called to do. And I love that because it takes the load off. You don't have to carry that load. Yeah. Um, go ahead, show Destiny's uh, comment on the screen. So Destiny says, when I first lost my job, I thought it would be such a stressful time. But now I have all this free time with God to work on schoolwork and be more involved with the church that I wasn't able to when I was working. The beauty of the opportunity. Yeah. Right. God shifts things. And Lord, what are you doing? Why are you taking? Ah, well, here's the opportunity. I'll be obedient. Lord, I know what you I don't know what you're doing, but you know what you're doing. So I, I want to cover quick a couple of lies we have. Stick with me. If you have any questions or you have anything you want us to talk about in this topic, please put it there. I will be reading and yep. watching diligently. He's watching it. So the object of the one of the lies that we have is we believe plenty of lies about our prayer life and anything that attempts to direct us away from communication with God can be considered circumspect. So how often have you start have you determined I'm going to go pray and your phone rings? And somebody needs this and oh well, the dishwasher broke and now this is happening. And that's it. how many times you set up to pray and everything tries to get in your way. Yeah. How often do the distractions start? Oh, well, I could look at my phone for a little bit. Oh man, my new TV show just came out. I'd love to hear that song. Well, I could do this bit of work. Oh, I really should take care of that. Be very wary and untrusting of things that get in the way of your time with the Lord. Yeah. I have a, I have a uh, prayer closet. I literally just pulled out a bunch of things from my closet, put a little like mat down that I can sit down on comfortably. Um, and I, I made it specifically so I could spend time with the Lord. But the thing is, I do not bring my phone in there. I Good call. put my phone on the other side of my room I might have like a my speaker playing soaking music or whatever, but I can hear that from the closet. Mm -hmm. I keep my phone as far away as possible because I know that is distraction numero uno. Yes. I will I will get into every little rabbit hole if I let myself have that opportunity. Yeah. And that that's why we try to get rid of those distractions. We separate ourselves out. Remember, repeat this to yourself. If your ears are full. You can't hear the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we got to empty our ears. We got to empty everything out, empty our eyes out Which, so that we can focus on the Lord. That is why fasting is so important. Go watch empty our episode. Yourself. Yeah, watch the fat. Ooh, good. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. At the self truth.com, YouTube, BitChute, Rumble. Uh, yes, SoundCloud. all of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> Andrew, anyway. Andrew, show Andrew's comment. Oh, no, self-evident podcast just came on. That I will make time for and anything else the Lord <laughs> wants me to hear. <laughs> Be sure to pay attention to the vessels of the Lord. How about that? Boom. Lord will speak. <laughs> I love it, Andrew. That's awesome. So another liar assumption is if we spend more than five minutes and we're not hearing from the Lord, our minds will quickly dance to, I'm just talking to the air. I'm just staring at the wall. I, my, my mind keeps wandering. I, my mind's wandering. I'm obviously not spiritually in tune enough. This is a discipline aspect. Just like if you're fasting, what's going to happen? Your body's going to say, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. So the question is, do you listen to it or you say, no, 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 no. When you've got young kids, they will try to wear you down if they're tenacious at all. But why not? But why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? My son is one of the most tenacious people I've ever met in a five-year-old body. You have to be determined. You have to be consistent. Okay, 
when you get into that prayer time, your mind will want to wander because it's your flesh. Your flesh does not want the things of God. Your flesh wants to do what it wants to do. You have to bring it under subjection. So no matter if your mind wanders 5,000 times, God has grace for that. But it's okay to go, no, Lord, I'm praying to you. But I got to think, no, Lord, I'm praying to you. And as that discipline happens, as you walk through that process, then all of a sudden, it becomes zeroed in. You become more focused. You become in tune. Ooh. You become submitted. Yeah, and what you, you just said. When your true heart leads you, discipline almost disappears. Right. That's so wow. good. Because you're free. You're free. It's. I use this example. There's a... a and I don't remember if it was a blues musician or a jazz musician or who it was who said, you got to learn the rules in order to be able to break them. I don't know. It might've been BB King. Probably jazz because that's, that that's is what jazz the is. One rule of jazz. That's what jazz is, right? Take that concept. You had to, you've got to learn the rules. You've got to understand the standards. So then you understand how to walk in freedom. Once you understand these are the boundaries this is, this is the area I can work in. What actually happens is you start learning the fundamentals, which are a certain set of rules, and then you learn the outer rules, right? It's, it's more of layers than anything. Yeah. And so that's actually what creativity is. I, I've been thinking a lot about this. And I'm going on a tangent because it's my show this week. Creativity is you learn the standards, the fundamentals, the rules, the boundaries. Creativity is... How far can you step outside of that before you walk back into chaos, right? Yeah. Rules make order out of chaos. There's another level where creativity is stepping beyond that and taking chaos and making order out of it. But then there's a certain level where you just walk back into chaos, right? Mm -hmm. And so the freedom in that is like jazz. There's a difference between a jazz musician who knows all the rules, knows the scales, knows how to explore them, and then the five-year-old plinking on the piano. Both of them seem to just be hitting random keys. But the jazz musician understands the beauty and the freedom, right? They're so well disciplined that they walk into freedom because they understand the choices they make and the choices they don't make, yeah. right? And it's the same thing with the Lord. Once you understand those basics, those fundamentals, once you go deep with him in those disciplines, then it starts to open up where you can really explore and have fun. You know, Carrie, not, not that the basics aren't fun, but you get get my joke. Yeah. Carrie brings up a really great point. By the way, we have a certain someone in the chat right now. Um, Mr. Massey Compost. <laughs> looking good, fellas. Mike. He's over on the YouTubes. Yeah. <laughs> great looking. Melissa's a lucky girl. God. Yes, she is. So going to what <laughs> Carrie said, you do the discipline and it won't take long before the discipline becomes a crave. Dude, Amen. what was I just telling you Wednesday night? The kingdom of God is so... The, the kingdom of God and your relationship with the Lord is completely flipped from what everything else is. Right. My relationship with Mike is that I can hang out with him and there will be a point where I become filled and Mike won't want to hang out with me because he's had enough of me <laughs> and I've had enough of him, right? Same thing with eating. You can eat and eat and eat. And there will be a point where if you eat too much, you might not be holding on to it for too much longer. But the kingdom of God and your relationship with God is flipped. The more you spend time with him, the more you're going to want to spend time with him. The more you eat spiritually, the hungrier you get, yep. the thirstier you get, the more you start looking and the more that discipline at first becomes a true hunger where you have to constantly be going out and you have to constantly be seeking him and looking and trying to hear him more and more and more. And it's somebody from the world might hear that and go, well, that sounds really unsatisfying. It is the opposite of a drug, a drug. You need more and more, but you get less and less in return with the Lord. Every time you want more, you're more filled up. You're more satisfied. You're more content. Yet there's a greater expansion through the whole process. Yeah. And, and to your point, it is upside down to the physical, the physical, you eat too much. You feel sick. You don't want any more. Right. After Thanksgiving, you're sitting there going, I couldn't eat another bite with the Lord more and more. It's like, oh, I just, I want more of you, Lord. 
And it's a freedom thing. More and more freedom of, I just love your presence. I'm just so content and satisfied in you, yet I hunger for you more. And he fills you up till it's overflowing. Yeah. Years ago, I this was back way before I, I rededicated my life to Christ. I was yeah. probably still in, in my old church. I heard a, a comedian slash uh, pastor preach on the fact that his relationship with the Lord became so real and so intimate that people could tell mm -hmm. whether or not he had prayed that day, whether or not he was in his word. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But now I fully understand that because I can tell whenever my attitude and whatever I change. And it's always the root of, I didn't spend time with the Lord today. Yeah. I didn't give myself the pleasure of sitting in his presence. Today. Right. And I encourage all of you, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I encourage all of you to put this to the test. If Now, most of you listening, most of you watching, you guys are, are fairly well-disciplined in the faith, right? You know, we, we tend to be a group of, of um, dedicated believers. But I challenge you, like, pursue the discipline yeah. and see what happens. Not just once. Don't do it once because a lot of people, you know, they, oh, well, it's just lacking. And I don't remember the quote, C.S. Lewis quote, something that it's either Lewis or, or Chesterton, something about um, it's not that the people tried it and it was found lacking. It was that the people were lacking in trying. And we don't tend to pursue deep enough. We tend to go once and, ah, well, that didn't work. So, yes. It's the the process, the pattern. Some day, some days I get home and my wife is is not in a great mood. Uh, she is a wonderfully patient human, one of the most patient human beings I've ever met, especially because she deals with me. Amen. But <laughs> probation. <laughs> uh, she. But there are days where I call within the first couple of words. I know she's having a rough day. But I don't use that as, oh, well, she just doesn't love me and this is over and she's in a bad mood, right? Through the experience and the pattern and the discipline of deepening my relationship with her, it's, ah, well, there's highs and lows and there's growing. But even in those times where it's low, I'm much deeper with her, much more intimate with her than I was when we first got married. Right. And it's just like this with the Lord. Andrew says, we all need to keep challenging our faith for we can always find a deeper faith. And then more and more, even when you feel like his presence isn't there, you'll recognize his presence. Yeah. You'll recognize the intimacy. I, I want to, I want to address this. You were, you were talking about how most of us here are, are definitely more involved spiritually with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to the one person who clicked onto this video, whether they're watching live right now, or this is like, five months after this video has been posted you clicked on this video for a reason and the doubt that you feel is all the more reason to continue searching because doubt isn't the lack of belief it's the lack of information and when you lack information if you choose to continue being oblivious or to become uh what's the right word hardened if you, yeah, if you choose to become hardened to to learning truth, you won't learn anything, and right. you'll continue to be ignorant for the rest of your life. And that's that's a that's a hard truth, but fools hate truth. Fools will open their mouth and speak against anything without hearing. We are called correct. We are called to be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger, just as the Lord is. And that, that approach, to those of you who aren't necessarily deep in the faith or you're questioning or you're wondering, seek, right? You're going to find. And there's plenty of us who have made this. There was somebody who made a comment on YouTube the other day of basically God's made up not saying anything. And I, I didn't respond because it was like, how do I respond to that? And it, I, we can quickly just be like, God's real, and this is why. And I've, and and not that those answers are necessarily wrong, but it's I'm I'm still working through because I think in my faith a while ago I would have looked at that and said, well, I mean, I don't know how to, re 
I just, what's, what's going on? He's almost taking it personal, but now I'm in the position of, man, you don't know what I know. You haven't seen what I've seen. I saw another commentator talking about like miracles and experiences of God. And they're talking about it in like an agnostic, agnostic sense of like, people are making this up, right? That stuff doesn't happen. And I kind of laughed, which I wouldn't have done years ago, but I kind of laughed. I was like, man, he just, he's just never experienced it. He's never seen it. He's never been through it. And I assure you, if you're struggling, if you're not sure, there are those of us who have truly experienced and encountered the Lord to where no matter what you say, it doesn't matter because I know, I know. Right. And, and when you, when you watch people healed of cancer, when, when you watch people's hearings get healed, when you watch a word spoken to a person about what they were doing yesterday from a stranger and it breaks them open, there's something going on. When you watch your prayers answered, when you watch your family grow, when you watch people who I, I say it this way, who should have committed suicide or genocide, and they're some of the most healthy, nourished, beautiful people in the world, something's going on. Yeah. And that's for you. That's totally for you. Eternal life. But guess what? You get this life in it too. You get it all thrown in if you give it up for him. And that gets right back full circle to that conversation of don't think that what you're giving up, the Lord's not going to replace tenfold. I love that my God has so much bigger vision and creativity and love and faith and trust than I do. He is not a God that says, get that out of you just to let you suffer. If you have a broken wing, he's not just going to take it off. Well, now try to fly with one wing. He's going to give you a newer, better set of wings. Something that'll carry you higher. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's see. Um, Any comments that we should cover? We got quite a bit. All right. So let's let's pick the best ones I'll, and round her out. All righty. Let's see. Let's see. Give me like 20 minutes. And <laughs> While he's finding one, guys, I want you to think about and go ahead and post what's something the Lord's done in your life recently. Whether answered prayer, whether cool miracle, whether just subtle shift in your life, revelation. I want you guys to post that. If you're listening onto the podcast, send it in to us. Or find the video on YouTube or Facebook and then post it. I want to know these things. I want to encourage you with hearing these things. We testify to the beauty and glory of God. You got one for us? So Destiny says, we truly get to know someone through the highs and lows. Relationship with God is the same. And I would even say, you truly get to see someone through their highs and lows with God. Right. You get to know them true. Yeah. Right. Because like you were saying, like the people that you see who had every right to either commit genocide or suicide. Those people who had all the justification in the world to do something against someone else mm-hmm. and choose to follow Christ, you really learn not only their character, but the character of God too. Right. They should have been bitter. They should have been depressed. They should have been angry. They should have been spiteful, vengeful. And we see those people walking around, but I've seen those people that should have been that way. And they're walking around as healthy, nourished, beautiful, stable people. And it's like, how the heck did that? God. Yeah. God. I know people who horrifically abused his children, satanically abused. And stable, happy, lighthearted, beautiful people. And that's a change and a dramatic transformation that can happen to every single one of us. How? Through obedience to the Lord, love of the Lord, seeking the Lord, relying on the Lord, knowing he is the father that will take care of you through thick and thin, that he is not there for your harm, but for your good, according to his will and purpose. Yeah. We got one more comment. How about that? Um, Pick me a good one. You know what? I really like what Carrie Booth says up here. We gain best friends in life by getting to know them over time. You got to invest the time to get to the next level in the relationship. Invest the time 
you'll never be sorry that you did. Amen. Amen. I, dude, I gotta, I gotta read some of these testimonies. This is awesome. Go for it. So Andrew says, go ahead and pop it up on the screen. So that way people can read it. Andrew says, God fixed my car yesterday after I was on my knees. I only had to touch the bad part and it was fixed. Man, that's God right there. Oh, I don't, I don't even have the, the rest of that. Dude, I've had times where my check engine light has come on and something wasn't like working right at all in my car. Right. And I would just spend like months praying. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like I wouldn't have the problem anymore. I, I don't think we put enough faith and reliance on the Lord that he'll take care of the small things like that. I feel, I right. feel like we put way too much like, oh, God won't do that. We right. put way too much doubt on that. Like yep. God really doesn't care about my car. God, like God wants me to focus on the spiritual and nothing physical. Exactly. Um, Josh, I want to read his too. He said, God has protected me from the poke mandate. He saved my career and the poke mandate for the military is about to be gone. Hallelujah. Faithful in reliance and the Lord can do miraculous things. He can walk you through those things that everybody says, oh, you can't get through that. You can't get through that. Carrie Booth, it would take hours to post all he's done. God has taken my depression and turned it to joy, healed nerve damage in my leg, healed my marriage. Like I say, it would take hours. This is the true testimony of the Lord. And I encourage you, if you have doubts and you're like, I don't know, man, what are these people saying? There's countless testimonies, and I love seeing people's testimonies. I love the testimonies in my own life of what the Lord has done. And if we take all of the, the accounts of miracles in the world, you cannot say every single one of those is false because you can't prove it. Yeah. So let's take an open mind and say, hmm, there are all these accounts of miracles in the Lord. What do we do with them? Take an open mind. But the people I know, listeners, viewers included, God's doing something every day in their lives. And yeah. I love hearing those testimonies. So... I've, I've got one more thing real quick. Go for this, it. This idea came into my mind because I was thinking about some, some news I heard earlier and I, I won't share the news, but I will share this. If you're struggling to believe what others are saying and you're struggling to believe while others are coming against you, remember that which is not of the spirit does not see or hear spirit. Mm-hmm. Those who are not a part of the spirit cannot testify of the spirit. So why listen to those who aren't of the spirit trying to tell you who God is? The the wisdom of God is the foolishness of seems as foolishness to men, right? Yeah. And and that's sometimes we gotta open our mind to that. Um and Andrew said, and those are just many more than are on this podcast for he is so massive and can do good for all of us. Should we go to him? Absolutely. And we're going to leave it on that. Go to him prayerfully in all things. Be praying, guys. Pray for us. Pray for us, please, because our mission this next year is to really disciple and teach and raise up. We really feel called of like that is our focus. And we're going to be covering a lot more stuff of cultural. We'll still get the government stuff. We'll still get the Constitution stuff. We're, we still love history. But we just feel more and more called to disciple and teach and raise up disciples. And that means hitting all the spheres and giving answers and, and guiding where we can. We, we consider ourselves teachers. We consider ourselves very much pastors. And so we're here for you. And if there's any way that we can come alongside you, let us know. If you need prayer, reach out to us. If you want to give us testimony, reach out to us. If you want to help and aid self-evident with what we're trying to do, reach out to us. And this isn't a plug. This is just saying the avenue to do that is very much the torchbearers. Yeah. Think about it. The torch, prayerfully think about it. Torchbearers helps us get where we're going. And we're building a section just for you guys, for our torchbearers that you can go to. You'll get ad content. You'll get devotional stuff with Easy Eat, which obviously is blowing you away with it. You're going to get exclusive content. You're going to get deals. You're going to get that kind of stuff because we want to be able to create value for you while we're going out and doing what we're doing. Right. Okay. So on Monday, we will got, we'll get Massey back. We'll continue on. And uh, guys, thank you so much for your participation. Thank you for your hearts. We love doing this. We enjoy having you guys along the ride with us. We, we feel very much connected to you guys. Those that show up faithfully, you know who you are. We love being a part of this. And so our prayers are for you. Be praying for us. 
Guys, I can't wait to see you on Monday. This is probably the best part of my week is doing the podcast. So until next time, I love you guys. Have a great day. Love y'all. Peace.